are live. We are back into this. We are back into this, guys. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number eight. I'm your host, Jason Manorinter. And I'm your co-host, David Liu. And we got a friend here, a good friend of ours, Paulden. Hello, yes. everyone. How's it going, Paulman? <laughs> very, very well. <laughs> Paulman is in mortgages. He's a mortgage broker. Uh, before we get into that, today's episode actually is about real estate investing. We have, we've had a lot of people ask us to do an episode on real estate investing. And I thought it'd be a great idea to, to get a mortgage broker in here, Paulman, to, to get in this episode with us. Because we can't really talk about mortgages. Mm-hmm. So getting like a little back-end processes of getting a mortgage for a rental property. So, hello, Paulman. Hello. So, yeah. So, uh, thank you for inviting me over um, to this episode <laughs> with you guys. This is this is awesome. Yeah. So, today I think we're just going to talk about, you know, um, the process behind getting a rental property, what are some of the requirements, and, um, you know, some of the down payment and, and things like that. So... For- yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get into that. Pullman's been doing mortgages for how long, Pullman? So now I've been doing this for about 10 years now. 10 years? So wow. I've seen the market really evolve. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Crazy. How did you get into mortgages? So originally, I, I this is totally not, you know, something that I thought I would be doing because all I did was a lot of um, investing in like the stock market and things like that. So that was my, my job initially. But yeah. I realized that instead of looking at the computer all day, I'd rather deal with people all day. Mm. And um, mortgages, I thought, you know, deal with both the numbers and the people. So I decided to, yeah, move over to mortgages and never look back. Is your background in financing? Yes, my background is in finance. Oh, sweet. We just, I just want to say this, to put this out there, we actually try to get Palman to do uh, a podcast episode just about Paulman. No. <laughs> but he he was too nervous to talk about himself. Um, so this is an episode about uh, real estate re- real estate investing. So <laughs> we won't we won't dive into too much with Paulman there. <laughs> I'm too shy. Too shy. <laughs> yeah. So let's get this started then. Real estate investing today. We're going to be actually just talking about the basic basic, you know, for first time rental property, um, getting it tenants, property management, what it's like to get um, a rental property. And yeah, just getting into your first real estate investing. Um, so when I say real estate investing, guys, what, what, what is that? What comes into your head when I, when I say real estate investing? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Rental properties. Rental properties, okay. Yeah, cash flowing rental properties, I guess. Cash flowing rental properties, okay. Yeah, I would say so too, um, you know, just thinking about cash flow, what am I putting down mm-hmm. on my property? What kind of properties I'm going to invest in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, um, real estate investing for sure is getting into a rental, right? Renting it out, cash flowing, which is something I think we should talk about too. Um, and yeah, getting into your first rental property. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of avenues with real estate investing. So I feel like this is just step one of it. I mean, what other real estate investings are there? M- today, we're m- mainly focusing on just your first rental. But what other real estate investing avenues are there? Development. 
Right. And multi-unit yeah. residentials. Oh, yeah. Land acquisitions yeah. that are for future developments. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, just, just single occupancy. Yeah, that's right. The single family homes. Multi-occupancy. Um, the duplexes. Duplexes, and, yeah. yeah. There's Building. Like, there's so many. Yeah, there's so many and now, like, options. Even, even Airbnb, I feel like, is exactly, a good Exactly, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's another addition to the real estate investing. So mm-hmm. what would you say the first thing you need to do if you want to get into your first property rental? You got to have 20% down. <laughs> 20% down. <laughs> or else you're not getting one. Uh, so, um, yeah, the first thing you got to look at is how much money you have and what kind of risk tolerance you have. Yeah down payment i guess qualification from the bank as well like if um like how, like how how easy you're going to get approved on something um to, to buy a property even if it's your first or second one can't you buy your first uh your second home though with five percent down you can you can purchase a second home down um with five percent but you can't consider that as a rental it has okay. to be your primary. It, it, it has to be um, occupied by, let's say, your parents or your children or your sibling. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, If you declare it as a sec- second property, yes, absolutely, you can do it with 5% down. That's mm-hmm. not a problem. Or the other thing, how people so, get... In- so if you were to do it with 5% down, you could rent out your first home if you like lived in it in like five years or something, right? Oh, yeah. So that wouldn't be your second home. It would become your uh, owner-occupied your existing owner occupied turning into a rental and you're buying another owner occupied property. Mm, okay. So you can absolutely get in that at 5% down. Okay. So that's like the, the easiest way to, to get into your first rental would be if you had a primary residence that you're living in and then let's say you wanted to upsize. Yes, or absolutely. That would be the easiest way. Can yes. you also downsize as well? Um, like if you're going from a bigger house and you want decide you want to buy a condo? Yeah, if it makes sense. Okay. Um, you know, if you were saying, like, if you give a reason of why you're moving from a bigger house to a smaller house, mm-hmm. then, um, you know, at the end of the day, the lender will see, you know, will have to decide whether um, that is legitimately what you're doing. Because mm-hmm. they'll always check your background story on that stuff. That's right. Absolutely. So, I mean, everything right now, the lender are, lenders are very tight in, mm-hmm. in looking at this kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, they just want to make sure what you're declaring is, um, you know, the truth. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. I think I had an issue with that before. It's because I was, like, where I'm living now and then where we bought the second property. They're like, there's <laughs> no way this guy's moving from this area to that area. So, they totally, they denied it. I was like... <laughs> but yeah it happens right so it's it's how the the story is written and conveyed and if if like the underwriter is gonna believe that story or absolutely not. yes mm-hmm. so i'm my first time investor and i own a property you're saying um if the story makes sense i could rent out my first property and then buy another house with five percent down yeah absolutely right? as long as you can debt service both properties Mm -hmm. with the owner occupied one or the previous owner occupied one being a rental Mm -hmm. then yeah absolutely you can do it at five percent down can you explain what total debt service is yeah so total debt service is um how much of every dollar that you make will go into um total expense that you have to pay every month Mm -hmm. so this will include uh your mortgage uh your credit cards and things like that and the total that you know, it, assuming that you have the best credit, mm-hmm. uh, lenders generally will say 44 cents of every dollar will be the max of what you can spend. And mm-hmm. anything over that, 
obviously is not going to get approved or unless you're a very strong person with um, high net worth or you know then then they would make exceptions to that mm. so that means you have to qualify for both the rental property uh, your your first property and then this the your second property th- that you're buying yes absolutely but you can use rental income mm, to offset okay. to yes. offset it offset yeah. it yes absolutely so i think that that um yeah, a lot of people think they have to buy their second house with 20%, but you could actually buy your second house with 5% if it's owner-occupied. Right? Yes, that's correct. And yeah. then you could use um, rental income from the first one to help you qualify for the new one that you're buying. Yeah, because you, you'll need more income to qualify for both properties. So mm-hmm. 50% of what they deemed is reasonable for the first property. Well, every lender is different, so it, okay. it depends on the lender, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then that's that's my role as well to see what lender best suits you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what about your third property? Your third property, um, in what sense? Like, if you're turning your second property into another rental and then buying your third again with like five percent down, yeah. Well, that can get pretty tricky because um, you could technically you 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 could still do it because. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's legitimately what you're doing, mm-hmm. uh, you can still do it. But the time frame, it can't be after, for example, like two months, you're saying, oh, I'm moving out of this one and buying a new one again, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It, it has to make sense, mm-hmm. right? So it, it's still possible. How yeah. much time in between then? It, it really varies. <laughs> 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 I'm just curious. So I don't know. Like it, it, it just has to be reasonable. How about that? Mm. I, I would say probably five years, and within the five years, like between each property, mm-hmm. you know, maybe like the, the the second property, maybe one or two years. Yeah. But the third property, I mean, give it a few years. Yeah. yeah. Don't be like right away, like one year. You're like, okay, I'm moving out again, because then then you're gonna have a tendency of looking like you're just leveraging yourself yeah and Mm -hmm. you're gonna keep buying multiple properties might flag you (laughs) they might (laughs) (laughs) so buying what are the minimum qualifications again for to buy a rental 20 percent. so if you're buying a rental straight up Mm -hmm. uh minimum down payment is going to be your 20 percent um and they for some lenders they will also look at net worth uh what kind of um assets that you have right what do you mean uh, net worth, yeah. So, for example, if you were to go with, let's just say, Scotiabank, for example, mm-hmm. if you were to buy a uh, rental property for two hundred thousand, mm-hmm. they would want to see that you also have assets of twenty thousand dollars. They want ten percent. Mm-hmm. So that can come in the form of like you know your existing property equity and that, or cash on the side, mm-hmm. whatever you you can show essentially. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess the first step is if you are interested in. In buying a rental, talk to a mortgage broker mm-hmm. to see if you qualify yes. for a rental. <laughs> that's right? right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, that's like the first step. Yes. That's the very first step. And, or see how you, and if you don't qualify, see what the strategy is to get qualified. Absolutely. Yeah. Just like any mortgages, you would want to do that, right? Mm-hmm. So especially in a rental, um, it is a little bit more strict. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you would want absolutely to, to work out all the numbers before you go with it. Mm-hmm. I think that's something people don't really realize is that the mortgage broker can actually help you plan for the future of what you need to show on paper and, and, and also like accomplish before you actually buy a, a property. And they can actually like give you a step-by-step um, 
to get you to that stage to actually qualify to that property. It may not be like instant. It might take a, a year or so, but um, like they can help you guide you what you need to do and, and maybe pay off your debts and, and credit and maybe car loans and stuff like that to get you to where you need to be to get uh, to qualify properly for, for a second property. That's right. Mm -hmm. One thing too, uh, would you recommend going on a 30 year AM or a 25 year AM for the rental? So if it is a rental, I, I usually would recommend people going into a 30 year amortization mm -hmm. just because your monthly payments will be lower mm -hmm. and you will have a better cash flow. And in a rental property, that's, that's what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Cash flow is king. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the whole point of getting a rental properties, right? Definitely you want to open up that cash flow for the future. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And for people that don't understand what cash flow is, cash flow is essentially your expenses uh, minus your income, or your income minus your expenses. And then that number at the end is positive. So you want to have a positive cash flow. So uh, what that means is after your mortgage, say your condo fees, your property tax, your insurance, uh, and then whatever you're renting it out for, when you subtract those two numbers, if that number is positive, then that means it's there's positive cash flow, which means there's it's not money coming out of your own pocket. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's the uh, the renters that are essentially paying for everything. If if it is negative, then and you're paying maybe a hundred dollars out of your own pocket, then it's a, a negative hundred dollar cash flow on that property. Yeah. So the goal is to either break even or be positive on that. Yeah, and I think one thing too is. To be in cash flow, and then uh, they're also paying down your mortgage, mm -hmm. which is good, um, which people don't see too, right? And that's why it's hard harder to to see the benefits of a rental if the market's going down, mm -hmm. right? Because you're like, holy crap, my 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 house is not appraised <laughs> at this much more, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, putting that twenty percent down will will protect you a little bit in in being in a negative cash flow because yeah. it's going to lower your payments, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. The property, like, there's three things you need to look at when a rental property is equity pay down from the the mortgage itself. Um, you've got uh, future appreciation from the the property if it's in a good location or you know that it's going to go up in value, and then you also have um, what was the last one? <laughs> That's and cash flow, cash flow. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, the last one is cash flow. Yeah, so if you, if you have all three of those, then you're pretty solid, right? But yep. at the end of the day, like um, a property, like you don't have to worry if the property value goes uh, up or down in that time. It only matters when you sell, so. Yeah, that's a, that's a real good thing you pointed out, Dave. It doesn't matter where the market's going right now. I mean, for, for me, I'm still getting the same rental rate, mm -hmm. right? So as long as I'm cash flowing also, it doesn't matter because the market I feel will always eventually go back up. Mm -hmm. Right. So a lot of people are, are wondering what they should do right now if it's rented. And I think if, if you're not losing too much money monthly or, or if it's cash flowing, it doesn't matter where the market is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. You just let it ride. Yeah. yeah. So do you guys recommend people doing more down payment or a less down payment in but, buying a rental? I think property? that's where Jason and I differ. Um, but yeah, I think, more is better just so that the payments are less and, and it's easier to cash flow. But then you also tie up a lot of your money in the property. And if the value drops to a certain amount of like value, then a lot of your equity goes with it too. But like I said, like that only matters if you, if you sell it at that low time, um, like if you're not in positive cash flow, you can, um, 
that might be the case that you might want to sell it because it's costing you money out of your pocket. But if you're in positive cash flow, you can just let that thing ride until the market does pick up again because um, markets are all cyclical. And like once it gets to that point again, then you can sell it and you can at least still get some equity pay down, get some cash flow, and then and then future appreciation, and then you're good to go. Yeah, I think it's all it's your preference too, right? Um, and if you can do twenty percent or more. If you got to look at the monthly payments, you know, if you're doing, if your second home, you could do 20% versus 10, look at what your, your payments are and, and how much you're putting down versus like what your monthly, what, what the difference is in your monthly payments. And what I mean by that is like, if you're putting an extra $80,000 down to save, you know, three, $400 a month, do you feel more secure for yourself to have that 80,000 in your bank or towards the down payment. Yeah. You know, what's your take on that? Yeah. My take, um, I always tell my clients to do the least as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that would be my opinion because I feel like whenever you get into a rental property and you're getting cash flow, you have to pay taxes on it Mm. on your cash flow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So in a way, when you're putting more down payment, Mm-hmm. you are actually reducing your uh, interest expense mm. where in turn you're going to pay more income taxes at the end of the day, right? Mm. So I say, why are you putting in more down payment to pay more income tax? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're right. The cash flow matters as well to some clients, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that is personal preference, mm-hmm. but I would say do the least as possible so you can reduce that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're at the end of the year income. Yeah. yeah. I, I think even if you break even our cash flow like a hundred dollars, I feel like it's worth it because then it's not money coming out of your own pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Something I want to talk about too is real estate is a long-term investment. Yes, <laughs> and that's something I've learned. Mm-hmm. Um, I made money like with a quick flip here and there, but if you're holding for like a rental property. Mm-hmm. It is a long-term hold. And I realized that just from my own experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it is frustrating sometimes if some of them aren't cash flowing. Um, but I've realized this is like going to be a 25-year hold, yeah. right? Because essentially your renter is going to be paying off your mortgage, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which could be amortized over 30 years or 25 years. Mm-hmm. And so anyone that thinks like you're going to be making money right away in real estate as, as, a, as a rental, I think they need to, like the facts are like it is a long-term hold, yeah. right? Yeah, it's really important to, to pick properties that, that you can stay in for a long time. Uh, like, so there's, like depending if you're going for a condo, a townhouse, or a detached home, I feel like a condo, might be a shorter term own like you might want to hold it for maybe five or ten years just because um every five years condo fees go up like reserve fund studies are getting redone mm-hmm. engineering reports are getting redone that's when special assessments can come in or uh like condo fees can increase so like you want to maybe hold those for every f- like five year increments mm-hmm. um before things start to get too crazy and then you have to sell it because once the condo fees exceed what it's going to cost for a mortgage payment. It doesn't make sense for anybody. Like I have a client that has a condo downtown. It's $200,000, but the condo fees are, th- the, the condo is worth $200,000 and the condo fees are $1,000 a month. Oh, so like 
it's it's more than what it's worth uh, in condo fees. So why would anyone want to purchase that? So you you want to get out of a condo before it it gets to that point. So do you recommend people buying pre-built? I honestly wouldn't. Again, <laughs> I bought two pre-built, and uh, yeah, like I'm taking a pretty big hit on them, but. It is what it is. They're cash flowing, and um, I can I can let them ride and and wait till things pick up again. But I personally, like from like my experience, I, I find that detached is the best. They, they've actually gone up in value, and um, e- even when we did the the ten year history from two thousand ten to two thousand twenty, like condos were down like I think like thirty or fifty grand. Uh, townhouses were the same price they were in 2010 to 2020 and detached homes were up 60 G's. So, I mean, th- those numbers don't lie. So mm-hmm. I think, um, it, like condos are a good starter, but they're not good investments unless we're in like Vancouver, or Toronto. Yeah. I don't think we, I think Calgary got hit really hard with the condos. Um, but I think as a first time investor, if you like a 200,000 dollar condo depending where it is and the building especially how all depends on the building Mm -hmm. i think it's it's where you can start first as your initial investment because those are the lowest price points to get into an investment unless you want to wait but 20 percent down on on a two hundred thousand dollar property is forty thousand right if you're looking at like a detached investment four hundred thousand you're looking at eighty thousand down right Mm -hmm. So for me, my experience is uh, with the condos is like, don't right now, it doesn't, I don't think it makes sense to invest downtown Calgary going a little bit further out um, on the suburbs. There's less competition and it's less saturated. If you're, if you want to do an investment downtown in Calgary for Airbnbs, I think that's a great way to look at that too. If you want to go downtown, but with the pandemic right now, it's like you you don't even want to touch that, right? <laughs> yeah. There's no like Airbnb is just messed up right now, right? Yeah. So like the whole market is um, for Calgary. I think especially yeah downtown Calgary, everyone knows they've overbuilt, mm-hmm. um, and it's saturated. Yeah, and there's yeah. more coming in too. Yeah, they just I don't even know why there's more coming in, and they're building more rental buildings right like uh what do you call it rental only buildings yeah for lease only like there's like so many buildings that are coming up that are only for lease and not for sale because there was too many that were built in like 2013 to 2017 for sale do you do you find uh palman you are getting um a lot of people wanting to buy condos though still downtown to live in or for rentals so from what I'm doing right now, it's it's actually no, it's it's not as much condos downtown. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they were buying, uh, mainly they are to live in downtown. It's right. Just, it's just yeah. for convenience of where they work and things like that. Yeah. Um, I don't see that many um, rentals purchases in downtown right now. Yeah. You're, you're correct. I think it's because it's harder to even qualify for. Is it um, like? for rentals downtown because it's like the condo fees or if you're buying as an investment the rental rates downtown just got hit so hard too it's like do you see that too uh not necessary mm-hmm. um i think uh, at the end of the day they, they all qualify different no matter if you're inside downtown outside downtown but they mm-hmm. do take condo fees into consideration mm-hmm. so um 
Yeah, if, if you were looking at downtown for those, you know, even older buildings or even newer buildings, they, their condo fees are really expensive because mm-hmm. of the amenities they have, I would yeah. say. Yeah, the high rises, um, what I've seen is high rises, condo fees actually go up more than the low rises. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's like more people, there's more amenities. Yeah, more use, more wear. And then when they have like crazy amenities, especially a pool, like I'd stay away from that just because there's just so much more stuff to maintain and, and maintenance and um, like snow removal costs and all that stuff. Like they they increase so much. And then like once they get to a certain point, it's really hard to sell. And that's when the value of the condos actually go down. So, Do you guys see the value of the condo market going up in Calgary anytime soon. <laughs> I don't think so, to be honest, because downtown market is directly correlated with oil and gas, and oil and gas is pretty... Suffering. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> bad right now, so I feel like there's not a lot of uh, people that are migrating downtown, and, and with the COVID stuff, like a lot of the offices are closed, so everyone's just working from home anyways, so like one of our clients, they are in a condo right now and, and they're working from home and, and they hate it because it's, it's so small. So they're like, we need to buy a house. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think after COVID, I think things hopefully might turn around. But man, we're, I forget we're in a pandemic right now. So <laughs> yeah. it's, who knows where, where the downtown Calgary market. It's like, because it's like right now, it's actually really busy for detached, right? Yeah. But yeah, the condo market, um, for sure. Um. All right, so back to, I, I, I don't know where we left off here, but the first step, guys, uh, is uh, to talk to a mortgage broker to see if you qualify. Yeah, qualify and plan. Yeah. I would look at the numbers, run the numbers, and there's always hidden costs. Like, you don't really, people forget to calculate the property taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, insurance. Insurance, um, what the rental rates are and, and all that stuff. Condo fees. Condo fees. Um, so... Let's say, um, so you talk to a mortgage broker, you're qualified. Let's say you buy, what's the next step after that, after uh, buying your first rental property, you guys would say? So what do you mean the first, after the first step? So, so get, obviously I think the next step would be to look for you guys to, to get into, you know, to search a location or to search exactly um, what kind of properties are available mm-hmm. in their budget. Yeah. So, um, yeah, after they talk to us, like the mortgage brokers, then, yeah, the next step would definitely be, you know, searching for the the, the best property that they can get for whatever price range they have. Mm-hmm. And so let's say we find that property. We get it. It's closed. Mm-hmm. That's just the beginning. <laughs> That's right. Then I guess you can determine what kind of uh, rental you want to do in that property, right? Yeah. As you were saying, are we going to do Airbnb? Yeah. Are we going to do like, you know, what kind of uh, long-term rentals, long-term rentals or are we doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many options out there. Yeah. So depending on what route you're going, um, if it's like Airbnb or let's say long-term, cause mm-hmm. I feel like that's the most, that's the most typical way people will go is long-term rentals, mm. long-term rentals. You find the property. The next step is getting a rent, uh, a renter in. Mm-hmm. What do you guys, from like what your experience and stuff, how hard is it to get a rental pro, uh, person in? Because everyone says it's like they're worried they're never going to get a renter. Mm. And yeah, like what do you guys feel about getting a renter in, um, in, in all your properties? So my, for myself, yeah, 
I use a management company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think that that's always the best. Yeah. Um, because if if you, especially if you're doing it for the first time, mm-hmm. you will lack the experience of uh, you know screening your tenants. Uh, looking for uh, you know what what is the best for your property. Mm-hmm. So what the management company does uh, essentially is to help you through that, mm-hmm. and it's, it's you know you pay them a fee, but it's no headache for yourself. Mm-hmm. And and also like we offer uh, property management consulting for our clients just because um, like we do have experience in property management for our own properties, so that we can actually consult uh on on teaching our own clients how they can be their own landlords or if they need help with stuff like that so i think it's really important to um get the advice of like a professional to do it if it's your first time and at least get some pointers and stuff like that and that's what our clients do they call us and and ask us things about um like managing their own properties but yeah i think once you start getting into the groove of that and you like you understand like how to vet people and and what to look for and and get a feel for things. It makes your life easier when you are doing things and not knowing how to do them. That's when things get hard. Yeah. That was like, I mean, I learned for me, I, my first experience was like, I didn't even screen them. (laughs) Right. Like when I try to get a rental, you don't screen, you get an application. You're so excited. And like, now we like you screen so much yeah. you have to screen yeah and i think that's what people fail to do at the beginning and they that's when you hear like nightmare stories mm-hmm. um about the tenants yeah i would say screening is like so important and knowing what you're doing and what your contracts and leases say mm-hmm. um when you don't know that that's when it will backfire on you yeah that's right? like so i've been managing my parents stuff since i was like 18 and like the way that my dad did it before like was just so cowboy yeah and like and once and then once i took over it was like a shit show for me and i was like i can't do shit like this like i need to have like proper contracts proper inspections uh like just proper vetting and if if people aren't even willing to do a credit check like that's an automatic no for me like there's just so many things that you need to do to to verify these tenants and if if they aren't willing to do it then the likelihood of them being bad tenants is 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 pretty high. Yeah. yeah. So you have to do the the credit check. And uh, before, for me, I felt like that was kind of invasive to the tenant, and I did get pulled back at the beginning. And I was like, yeah, whatever, it's okay. But then I realized, you know, like that's a like that's a necessary thing to do. And Absolutely. like, and you can't be scared to to ask as many questions to the tenant as 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 possible, right? And if you are planning to hire someone, like the standard rates for a company, I would say is they get someone in, so they charge you a fee to get someone in, mm-hmm. and um, then they charge you a monthly rate. Mm-hmm. Um, so what that means is like it could range anywhere from like ten to I don't know fifteen percent, right? Like monthly. Monthly, they they will charge you ten to fifteen percent of the rent. So let's say the rent is a thousand dollars, they'll charge you a hundred dollars a month to rent it and then onboard like to get like an application in right which is usually half months rent so that management fee i I think what you're talking about also um will include them helping you in case something goes wrong with the property Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you don't have to be all the uh there all the time Mm -hmm. or 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 if the client or if the tenants are not paying on time Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. can help you you know collect the rent and things like that so that's why it is a hassle-free for for especially a first time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, buyer for these rental properties. Mm-hmm. 
And that's why it's really important to actually cash flow on these types of properties when you are like when you're renting it out and actually have a property manager, because if you're not cash flowing, then that's an extra, you know, 10% of the rent that's going to cost you, uh, like on the other side. So it's, it's really important to have all these, these, uh, costs calculated out properly so that you're not out of pocket every month from these things. And, and, uh, cash flowing helps you, um, get a, a property manager potentially because, if it's not cash flowing and you, it's costing you, I don't know, $150 extra a month, then that's like, that could bring you down even more on a negative cash flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It is good to write everything down of your monthly cost. And if you are going to include, you know, um, utilities mm-hmm. or, or uh, internet, what, what are your guys' thoughts of including the utility? I don't like it. Yeah. Unless it's a condo. Well, we usually my rental properties are condos, so they are included. Mm. But I do feel like um, tenants should take care of it themselves, mm-hmm. just because they can use what they want yeah. and take care of their own stuff. Yeah, right. Like they're not going to go crazy on all the, all the stuff when when they're paying for it themselves. But exactly. If, if it's not are, for free, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you are like they, they might like leave all the lights on all the time, like run everything. And if you don't include, if you include and max, yeah. Or like the utilities, the electricity, they don't care. That's right. <laughs> They'll run that bill up to like five hundred bucks, right? Yeah. But uh, I feel like yeah, for condos, it's uh, they can't go too much overboard. I find it's like usually you know eighty to hundred twenty dollars to to uh, for like that bill, right? So mm-hmm. I think that's up to you. Got to look at if you want to include it or not, and that's mm-hmm. that's all preference too, right? Yeah, you can always charge a bit more um, rent for that just to accommodate for it. But um, yeah, you can't rent, you can't you can't charge too much for it. So mm-hmm. one thing people always say too when we talk about um, uh, the renters is like they're worried that they'll never that they won't find a place to rent. Like I mean, they won't be able to get it rented out. Mm-hmm. What do, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Because I've I mean I've never had an issue. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel like there's always going to be a home for somebody. Um, it just depends on price, I guess, and, and location and, and whatever. Like sometimes you got these hot properties where they're constantly being rented out instantly and, and like, you don't have any issues with it. Um, but then you got some properties that are like, it'll take some time to get somebody in just because they're like, they're not the best. They don't look the best. So I think at that time, that's when you might consider doing some renovations or something like that, just to get it like up to date or a little bit nicer. And then that's when start people start coming in. Yeah, I would agree to that too. I think location is very important. Uh, secondly, it's just if if it looks good, mm-hmm. then yeah, it'll get rented out really easily. So, yeah, and I think that's well, it comes down to like what you find, right? And that's where it's really important when you're buying an investment to to have someone kind of know what they're talking about if they're kind of guiding you, because mm-hmm. you know it it does help with. like getting it rented out like the location Mm -hmm. what it looks like and like the competition right um that's why i feel like a lot of people are leaning out like not to invest downtown calgary because it's just saturated Mm -hmm. so when the market's saturated the the rental rates are going to obviously come down Mm -hmm. right so that's why you got to look at all avenues like even before buying like what is that rental rate Mm -hmm. going to be right yeah we always pull that data and, and, and run some cons some things because you want to know like what your break even point is on that rental and then what like the lowest rent you could possibly get 
and so that it's at least you know 20 um like it's actually 20 percent higher than what it's going to cost you mm-hmm. and then on the high end you know that you you're all, you're always going to be good so you need to know like your your break-even points and costs on, on those things so that you can gauge for lows and highs would you guys what would you guys say to someone right now that wants to invest in calgary <laughs> I, I it's a great time to buy yeah I, I agree right now i think it's a good time to buy the reason mm-hmm. is because you know houses are you know they're priced well mm-hmm. and the other thing is interest rates are extremely low mm-hmm. so this is a good time to lock in rates so yeah w- what are the rates right now pullman so oh. it depends so a lot of people you know they look online they're like oh i can get this or or whatnot but actually there there's a, a wide range of rates that you know people don't realize so the best rates always come in when you're doing less than 20 percent down or more than 35 percent down owner occupied and you can get you know below a two percent on a fixed rate say that again so le- less than 20 percent you're getting a better rate yes that's correct because you have the mortgage insurance on mm. the property mm-hmm. okay so that is the least risk to the lender Mm -hmm. so they will give you the best rate in that scenario okay so if you're doing above 20 percent, the rates are higher the rates are generally higher okay right at 20 percent so that is probably um you know the category where you're looking in the low twos right now so it's still really good Mm -hmm. but compared to a above um, you know, uh, or sorry, compared to the ones that are below 20% down payment, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's still a little bit of a difference. And then you said above and 35%? That's right. Or when you do more than 35% down, you're in the same category as the high ratio mortgages, the ones that are less than 20% down. So mm-hmm. you will get the same rate. Interesting. And okay. uh, what about, um, are the rates change when you're in uh, buying a rental? Yeah, so when you're buying a rental, there is a rate premium charge to it because mm. that is a higher risk uh, mm. to the lender. So they will charge a bit of a premium on it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, for a rental property, I think when you're paying a little bit more interest is fine because at the end of the day, you will be writing that off against your income anyways. Mm-hmm. So the most important thing is like at the end of the day for buying a rental is not really how much the interest rate is, but rather what kind of property you're getting into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because people don't know that, I guess, the interest that you pay on a mortgage is actually, is not considered income because it's uh, an expense and, and that's what you're paying the bank to borrow that money. So it's it's actually money that you're not paying out of your own pocket. The The renter is actually paying that and that just becomes a write-off for you. Mm-hmm. Mm. So anything above... If you go 50% down, you're not getting a better rate. No, you won't be getting a better rate. So 35 is that threshold when you're mm-hmm. getting the best rate again. So what is that, 65% loan to value? That's correct, 65% yeah. loan to value. So that means, exactly. yeah, if you're putting 35% down. That's yeah. right. Yeah. When you're buying um, a rental too, you're, you're, you could choose between a 25-year or 30-year M. That's that correct. Right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be... Uh, 25 25. years no so whenever you do um more than 20 percent down you Mm -hmm. have the capability of choosing a 30-year amortization Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's not readily available if you like it's it's like an option if you're putting more money down that's right so if you're doing less than 20 percent down then 25 year is the max you can do Mm. for amortization Mm -hmm. so it's almost like a little perk that's right yeah exactly and 30 years is the max amortization right yes correct i think like when i when i did mortgages back in the day i think it was like 40 years 35 years <laughs> that's crazy yeah, it, was, it was a long time right you're so gonna pay, pay until you're very old yeah 
and then every five years you renew. That's right. So, well, no, it depends on the oh, term that you pick, right? Yeah, so yeah. you have ranges from one, two, three, four, five year fix, seven year fix, ten There's year 10 fix. Years, yeah. yeah, or you can also go into variable, which is very popular nowadays. Yeah, I only do variable. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you guys rec- like? What do you recommend right now for someone that's looking to invest right now? What would you recommend them doing in a, going in a variable or a fixed? So, for a rental property, I usually recommend a variable rate. Reason behind that is because um, of the penalty. So on a variable rate mortgage, uh, no matter when you sell, mm-hmm. you're paying a three months interest only penalty. So it gives you the flexibility to sell anytime you want. Mm-hmm. So in a fixed rate, you're, you know, whatever term that you pick, you're expected to stay in that term, or else your interest could be high. Mm. So um, you know that reduces your your flexibility. So that's what I was saying before. The interest rate is. Uh, less relevant in a rental property you want the flexibility mm. right because at the end of the day you want to make money in your mm-hmm. rental so mm-hmm. if if the penalty is something that's de- uh, deterring you from selling your property mm-hmm. then that's not a product that's good for you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i find that variable rates are like historically lower than the closed uh, yeah it, it, it like generally. in my experience at least like in the last in know, the last little bit uh, kind of but uh, fixed rates have been really low as well too. Yeah. yeah, but right now, absolutely variable rate, really, really low because prime rates are low as well. Because the fixed rate is attached to the Canadian bonds market, right? Yeah, so that's right. So yeah. fixed rates are attached to the bond market. So mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, it, when it fluctuates, that moves as well. Mm-hmm. And the variable rate will um, be determined by you know when the Bank of Canada announces their rate, mm-hmm. right? So that goes with the prime rate. So it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I think for prime rate too, um, you got to look at it at what the discount is at that time versus the the fix. I don't know what it is right now for the prime rate, but there were times where it was like at prime minus one. That's right. Mm-hmm. So prime minus eight. That's yeah. pretty good. You know, point eight. <laughs> point sorry. Eight, yeah. yeah. I'm right. eight. I'll, I'll take that all day. Negative eight percent. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, pri- like what what is it roughly right now? So prime rate is sitting at two point four five. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The best that you can get in a variable rate in, in an owner occupied once again mm-hmm. is you know you're going to be looking at maybe like one point seven, one point eight around that range on a variable. That's right. So and that so what that means is that's prime minus. It's still prime minus you know point seven. That's actually really good still. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. It's still really really good. That's what the, mar- the the rates are right now? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so That's good so, rates. So one of the best rates, like, you know. Yeah. Um, and then uh, if you if you are buying a rental, you know, maybe in the low two, still, you know, prime minus 0. 0.2, 0. 0.3 around there. Mm-hmm. there. Like I say, there is a premium to it. So, mm-hmm. um, so the yeah. rental rates are lower than the typical variable rates for uh, owner-occupied? No, or the higher. owner-occupied ones are lower. The discount rate. The discount rate is lower than the you, what you'd get on a rental rate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is that right? If you're owner occupied, it's less than what it would be if it was a rental. There's a yeah, premium right. for a rental. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So like, what I mean is like, owner occupied is like prime minus seven, let's say, but yeah. rental rate is like prime minus three. Something like that. Point, that's point right. three. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And the good thing about variable too is that if you ever decide that the rates are going up, you can convert it to a closed and and lock it in. So it gives you a bit more flexibility. And and when you like, if you have a good communication with your broker, you can like. You can catch that early on to lock into something before it goes into anything crazy. Mm-hmm. 
I would recommend to always going variable. I think that's the best option, but obviously depending on, on, um, it's your, personal preference per, once again, exactly. right? Yep. So if it is an owner occupied property, mm-hmm. uh, the benefit of using a fixed rate is you can budget exactly how much you're paying every month for mm-hmm. the next five years, for example, mm-hmm. right? Variable, there's always a risk. There's that interest rate risk that you always have, um, that you, at some point in time, you might have to pay more, mm-hmm. right? The good thing about variable too, and I just, I did this because I thought rates were at the bottom, but I actually switched one of my uh, properties to fixed. So did I. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh my God. It was like, why did I do that? When I signed that rate, I was like, oh, this is a pretty good rate, like 2.6. And then now it's like so low. I'm like, fuck me. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Now it's like, yeah. You never know. You never know, right? Well, when I started in mortgages, rates... We're at 2.99. And they're like, you'll never see these rates this low. And that was, I don't know, like eight, nine years ago. And yeah. it's lower now. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Right? The low at two on the fixed rate, it's, it's never been seen. Right? It's crazy. And yeah. I don't think the rates are going to go any, anywhere yeah. higher. Well, I just I just read an article this morning that the, they're not going to change the rates until 2000. Like, they're not going to raise the rates until 2023 mm-hmm. just to help the economy. I was like, holy shit. Like, that's pretty crazy. That means variable is the way to grow, go. Yeah. Because <laughs> exactly. if you think about it, like, during our parents' generation's time, like, when they first got here, the interest rates were at 20%. But yeah. the values of the property were actually a lot lower, too. Yeah. But, like, think of if we were paying 20% interest right now. Like, that'd be pretty crazy. That would. <laughs> we would be paying for the next 40 years. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> why 40-year amortization. Well, that's why they had 40-year amortization. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we've covered the first step of getting into a, um, an investment right. rental property mm-hmm. is obviously talk to a mortgage broker, see if you can qualify. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are thinking to move out, see if there's an option uh, if you do want to keep your rent, uh, your primary, your fir- the house you're living in um, as a rental and then moving into your second home. So that's another way to do that also, right? Um, we've covered, uh, what else have we covered? Uh, Getting someone in. Yeah, rental, yeah, tenants. Getting tenants in. So look at if you... If, if you're wanting to manage it yourself, essentially. Mm-hmm. Or property manager. Or property manager. And so if you are looking to manage it yourself, uh, I would suggest finding someone that has already done it to, for like advice on how to do it. I guess, to consult. To, to consult, right? Yeah. Uh, if you want to hire someone, get, get that management fee as part of your cost and so you could do your calculations properly Mm -hmm. i would say i would i would say that's pretty much it one thing i would uh one advice i kind of i think i want everyone to share is like what if you could share something with someone that hasn't done anything any advice or anything what would you want them to know so for me it'd be like expect to lose maybe a month's rent you know a year once a year mm, possibly yeah you know it's not getting someone in and it's rented all the time i mean there are some properties that have and some haven't right mm-hmm. so expect to go in it with like a long-term mindset and anticipate like yeah you are going to lose some money randomly you know sometimes the washer mach- the washer and dryer breaks mm-hmm. sometimes um you got to get something fixed. Some, like It's not all gravy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and don't buy during when the market's hot. Yeah. 
I think buying right now is the best time. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the market's low, rates are low, and don't buy, yeah, when the market's hot, just, just wait. Mm-hmm. Save, mm-hmm. save while the market's hot and, and wait to invest because mm-hmm. you're not gonna miss out. Like, you, there's people who have FOMO, everyone's buying yeah. at that time, which will happen to me, <laughs> right? And right now, I see a lot of investors coming out right now buying. Mm-hmm. They've, wait, they've waited, right? So, yeah, I, those are my recommendations if you are looking to invest in real estate. What would you guys say for you guys? Yeah, Pullman, well, yeah. I, I would, you know, your suggestions are really good or your recommendations are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, don't, don't need to buy when everyone else is buying. Just mm-hmm. buy when the timing is right for yourself, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just look at what kind of risk you're real, willing to take when you're, when you're going in this. So, for example, what Jason was saying, if you lose out, let's say, a couple months of rent, are you going to be able to be okay? Can you still afford that? Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't, that means maybe you're not ready. But if you say, I can hedge against this, I can do this, then yeah, that's absolutely the time that you should go into this. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I would say. It's, it's what kind of risk you can take when, yeah. you, when you're going into the rental properties. Yeah. Like from what I've seen, like just doing other investments, stocks and stuff like that, like long-term real estate, it's, it's a good investment. It's a tangible thing. You can see it, you can touch it, you can hold it, you can renovate it, you can do upgrades to it. Like, like when you're buying stocks, it's, it's digital. You're, you're not, you don't have any control over the market or whatever like that, but at least you have more control of your property. And just to work off what Jason and Pullman were saying is that, um, like have a rainy day fund because there's things that are going to go wrong with the property, the roof, uh, you know, the, um, the windows could need to be replaced, the the water heater, the furnace, all those things. You need to have some money set aside for when those things happen. And and if you do miss out a month on rent, then you're not going to be uh, like over leveraged and not having to pay for that. So like always have a rainy day fund that is, is available to you. Uh, for that property to sit, uh, specifically, and and that's great if you have cash flow because that extra money that you're making from the cash flow, you could just put that into um, like a savings account and let, and let that sit there until that like one day you might need it, right? So don't spend that money if you don't need to spend that money. Just have a rainy day fund, like what Jason was saying about buying real estate when the market is not hot. Just don't don't follow that trend of FOMO, <laughs> and uh, like it's like what Warren Buffett said, like be fearful when others are greedy but be greedy when others are fearful so when you want to do the opposite of what everybody else is doing instead of that herd mentality just just focus on what makes sense for you Mm -hmm. another thing i want to elaborate on too is like you're i've seen it a lot with people where they're fixated on what they want to get monthly and i would say you know if you're losing if someone comes in and they want to offer $200 less um, or $100 less, whatever the number is, you got to look at it as an annual thing. Um, Because if you don't get someone rented in that month, you're losing that month anyway, Mm -hmm. versus like, it's the same as, you know, taking $100 off and getting it rented out right away. Mm -hmm. Do you guys know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so don't be too um, emotional with the monthly rate. You got to look at it as like an annual thing. Mm -hmm. I, I would say too, right? And then also be in it for the long term. Mm-hmm. 
And, and something that helps with with the the vacancy is actually having a really good relationship with your tenants and and uh, maybe following up with them every month, just communicating with them to see where they're at because you don't know what's going on in their lives and, and things are constantly changing things, especially right now. So like the tenants appreciate that if you care about them, then they'll be more lenient with things and they're not just going to run off in the middle of the night and not pay you rent. Like they'll maybe give you two months notice, which will give you some time to actually find somebody else in that meantime while um, like they're trying to figure out their things. So have really good communication with your tenants and just, um, I think be like empathetic or mm -hmm. compassionate yeah. with them because you don't know what's going on in their lives. So right. you gotta, you gotta like take care of them. They'll take care of you. So exactly. Like basically treat your tenants like humans, mm -hmm. like human beings, right? <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> like, but like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I've always been like that because yeah. like these guys are paying my mortgage yeah. I, you want to be nice to them. You yeah. don't want to just be like, I'm flexible yeah. with late payments, okay? Mm -hmm. If they're in communication, mm -hmm. you so, know, just, yeah. just tell me so I'm not surprised. But, I mean, if you don't talk to me for two weeks and it's late, that's where... Yeah, there's less leniency. Yeah, yeah. like, that's where I'm like, okay, we got to get this eviction process going, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, is there anything else you guys want to say before we wrap this up, guys? No, I think that was a good introduction for real estate. And I feel like we could do other episodes on like more advanced things and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. How was that for you, Pullman? <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pullman, uh, we work alongside with Pullman a lot. Um, he's a mortgage broker, obviously. Yeah, and he's a preferred mortgage broker. And uh, he's with, what company are you with? Mortgage Connection. Yeah. Um, great company. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's the company and the person that you're, the person that is doing it, right? Why, why, I, I don't know if you want to go into this, but why would someone want to work with a mortgage broker versus the bank? So as we were discussing earlier, right? So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we can look at a range of products. So mm -hmm. it's not just with a single lender. Um, you know, we, we can have options to see if you don't qualify at this place, you can qualify maybe in another place. Mm -hmm. But if you just walk into a bank, let's just say TD, and you don't fit in their policy, they're just going to say no. Mm -hmm. So then now what? You're going to walk into BMO, Royal Bank, whatever, every single bank until you get qualified. We're like a one-stop shop, right? Mm -hmm. So and we can give you advice how to plan for your future buying for you know more properties, um, things like that. So mm -hmm. I think people get it confused too where... Um the mortgage broker doesn't have access to the banks, but you're actually working with some of the big banks. That's also, right. That's right? right. So we don't have access to every single bank, but mm -hmm. we do have access, for example, to like TD or Scotia. And, you know, they are very competitive, um, you know, even with, um, you know, what's available out there and stuff like that too. Mm -hmm. So. And I, f I find the difference between a broker and also someone working at the bank is that the person that's at the bank, they're like, they're salary based. <laughs> so they don't care if this deal goes through or not. Like they're not going to fight for it. But when you have a broker, like we're like they're commission based, so they're going to give you really good service and they're going to fight for the deal just because, like, uh, it's their bread and butter, right? So I mean, I feel like you get better service from uh, a broker and more options with different banks than you would be at a, like an independent bank on its own. That's right. So we try to be very responsive. If you ask us a question, we answer it you know, very quickly right away. Mm -hmm. 
and we go through a lot of stuff in detail with you rather than you know you sitting in a bank and you know they might just say yeah you're approved or no you're not mm -hmm. but we go through the entire process with you if you don't understand something we hold your hand through the whole process mm -hmm. and uh one, one thing is i think convenience um because with the banks you actually have to like book an appointment that's right and, so and, and go there <laughs> <laughs> so yeah for us you know you can just talk on the phone with us you can just email us yeah and that would be it you don't really need to see us if you don't want to it's totally up to you mm -hmm. so some people like it face to face um but we can work any way you guys want to work essentially um how can they find you palman you can get my number through Jason and Dave. <laughs> so, or you can Google me. Uh, you can find me, Mortgage Connection, um, Pullman, Chuck. Awesome. A few more questions, Pullman. <laughs> <laughs> Pullman does no marketing. Okay. How do you, how have you grown your business? I mean, because like, he's it's a busy guy. He's a very busy guy. You, your, your business model is exactly like us, referral based. Right. But, um, yeah, you do no marketing online. So uh, can you explain that? <laughs> like, how, how are you, um, for other mortgage brokers, how, how have you built your business like that? Right. So Even for real, I mean, real estate, right? Like, yeah, so essentially you're right. My business model should be the same as yours. Mm -hmm. and, um, but I don't do any marketing because um, I feel like my best marketing is from my clients mm -hmm. so uh, i get all my um deals through uh referrals or you know david jason thank you to you guys <laughs> yeah. um it, it's really just referrals mm -hmm. so i feel like if i can just and these are quality quality leads sorry. for sure mm -hmm. yeah but what if like this is the last question because I'm, sure. I'm very curious like but what would you say like you do differently to get those referrals without really asking for it or and like without marketing what, what like what would you say like your one thing is that you do to to hold that business and and to keep generating referrals i feel like i i try to treat all my clients as friends as well mm -hmm. so and if they're really happy with my service they're going to talk about it mm -hmm. so if they talk about it i'm going to get you know their friends and stuff too mm -hmm. right so that's why i don't really need that um advertisement otherwise or the marketing and things like that because if i market or i do advertisements these are clients that i i don't have any type of um connection with mm -hmm. in a way mm -hmm. so and i like to deal with people that have some sort of connection already mm -hmm. but I, I mean of course i'm gonna meet strangers all the time that's what mm -hmm. we do mm -hmm. so yeah i think that's the difference between being transactional and relational like you actually have good relationships with your clients and and when you offer them good service people are going to talk about that and then that is where you will generate more business because of the referrals of the good service and, and being relational with that person. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. All right. That's all I had. <laughs> I, didn't want to, I just had those questions. Uh, yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed the real estate investing Absolutely. thing. I, 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 did we miss anything guys? Or like, I feel I, like we've talked about a lot. I feel like we did, but there's like, I think we were just scratching the surface of real estate investments. So. That's right. Yeah. I totally agree. So maybe another podcast we can dive deeper with like builders and we could do like a series on these. I feel like. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. Well, thanks Bowman for being here. Thanks for inviting. And, um, yeah, that's a wrap guys. Thanks, yeah. Thank you.